0: It's time for use of all security. Welcome back once again. In today's episode, we will cover the best practice that mostly we forget this time of the year. I'm sure you know what I'm referring to. Um, a lot of you become the help desk for the entire family and anything to do with IT or technology. But before we get into that, we will recap the top trending security news, which includes attackers exploit zero day vulnerability in Windows installer and a research that details 17 malicious framework used to attack air gapped network. And I will define what that means. It's all coming up next on Use of On Security. This is You Support Security, episode 43, recorded Saturday, 4th of December, 2021. Holiday best practice. The researchers at Cisco Talos have released the new SNORT rules to protect against the exploitation of a zero-day elevation of privilege um, vulnerability in microsoft windows installer so let's just unpack what that really means a snort rule um, it's a rule that allows you to detect malicious activity and you might ask yourself what is snort or if you're not aware of snort is an open source network intrusion prevention system which is capable of performing real-time traffic analysis and packet logging on ip network and it kind and perform um, um, protect, um, protocol analysis, content searching, matching, and can be used to detect a variety of attacks and, um, and probes, um, such as buffer overflow, a stealth, um, port scan, um, and others, etc., um, SNORT belongs to Cisco since the acquisition of Sourcefire. Um, That's the organization that initially developed um, SNORT. So that is the rule. um, And that's the connection between SNORT and, of course, Cisco Talos. And Cisco Talos is the research arm and threat intel, investigation, etc., incident response, um, penetration testing, etc. That is the part of Cisco that you might not be familiar with. So if you're not familiar with that, have a look at talosintelligence.com in 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 one word so they've released a vulnerability detection capability that stops obviously and detects the Microsoft Windows installer and what is a Microsoft Windows installer what the name defines what it is is the utility that allows you to install Microsoft um, executables um, or applications developed by third party that you would like to install on Microsoft operating system um, And this vulnerability allows an attacker with a limited user account to elevate um, their right, their privilege, to become a full-blown administrator. Um, And we covered, I'm sure, in this show, what exactly elevation of privilege means. um, As they put it, of course, when the attacker penetrates an organizations they may or may not end up with a highly privileged account if they are lucky and they've done the homework they will end up with a highly privileged account maybe they have Fished the SOC analyst or Windows administrator or a myriad of other accounts that might be obtained by malicious uh, approach. Um, and if they do so, then of course, they land in big in the, in, in the organization if we put it. If they don't, and they end up with, as Cisco put it, with a limited user account, Well, this is what they do. They elevate their privilege to become an administrator. Um, And why do you need an administrator? Well, that is the one to rule all and bury yourself deeper into the organizations so that you can do what you want. So this vulnerability affects every version of Microsoft Windows, including fully patched Windows 11 and Server 22. Now, Windows 11 and Server 22, those are the new breed. Those are the brand new operating system from Microsoft. And those are affected as well. So you can see the issue at hand. Talos has already detected malware samples in the wild. So this is not theoretical. This is being practiced in the wild. And what that means is it's observed that attackers are indeed using this vulnerability. And they are attempting to take advantage of exactly this loophole. That's what in the wild really means. Moving forward, Microsoft has released an update that was intended to fix the vulnerability that we're referring to. Now, when a vulnerability is detected and disclosed, of course, most of the time, hopefully, with a responsibility and not just being dumped on the public domain, it then acquires the Common Vulnerability and Exposure Number, CVE. And this vulnerability has a CVE number of 2021, which is the year 41379, and that was issued on November 9th, um, which basically means that's the order of the number. And that was as part of its monthly security update. Microsoft released an update on November 9th as part of the monthly security update. Now, the researcher who has responsibly disclosed this, um, Abdul Hamid um, Nasiri, who initially discovered this. Elevation of privilege vulnerability um, worked with Microsoft responsibly to address it. However, the patch that Microsoft has released was not sufficient to mitigate, to remediate the vulnerability at hand. And um, Nasiri Abdul Hamid Nasseri, published a proof of concept explode code on GitHub on November the 22nd. That worked despite the fix um, implementation by Microsoft. What that really means is Microsoft probably hasn't fixed it good enough. The research, Abdelhamid has released a working proof of concept. And normally proof of concepts are, you know, the way you demonstrate that this is reality and you can use it and anyone can use it and anyone can go ahead and grab from, from, from GitHub and actually, um, yeah, yeah, repeat exactly what he's done. So the code um, um, Nasiri released leverages the discretionary access control list or refer to um, DACL D-A-C-L for Microsoft Edge um, Elevation Service to replace any executable file on the system with an MSI therefore allowing an attacker to run a code as an administrator. Let's just unpack that. What exactly is discretionary access control? Well, discretionary access control, or referred to DAC DAC, is a technology or computer terminology, which is a type of security access control um, that grants or restricts objects uh, via an access policy. Um, And that object is normally defined by the user. It might be the human beings operating the machine or you opening files and folders um, or objects, or it might be just a process. Now, the discretionary access control DAC mechanism controls are defined by user um, identification um, with supplied credentials during the authentication, which really just means when you log into your um, to your window with a username and password, you then grant it by the operating system or by the process or whatever you're accessing um, some sort of a um, discretionary role. Now, DAC discretionary, because the object can transfer. Now, DAC are discretionary Because the subject, meaning the owner, can transfer authenticated objects or information access to other users. Um, That's why it's called discretionary, up to the user to decide what to do. Now, although Microsoft um, scored this as a medium um, severity vulnerability, obviously having access, um, having a base CVSS score of 5.5. And let me just define that the CVSS stands for Common Vulnerability scoring system. And what this means is every time a vulnerability is released and it obtains a CVE number, like the one I've just mentioned, CVE 2212141379, um, it also comes with a severity um, level. And that severity level normally is from, you know, it's up to 10, you know, 1 to 10. And this vulnerability is scored according to this scale uh, metric, which is the Common vulnerability scanning score CVSS score of five point five, so it's just about past the halfway mark out of ten, um, and and also it, um, it it released a temporal score of four Eight, which is basically another type of a score within the within the metric the release of functional proof of concept exploit code will certainly drive of course additional abuse um, of this vulnerability as Cisco puts it and as the publication of Cisco's blog there is no patch available from Microsoft and this was actually pushed out um, back on the 23rd of November um, and I will certainly update um, you lot if I do come across more information now the rules, the snort rule for those of you who are following SIDs are 58635 and 58636 um, which will keep users protected from this exploitation so if you are using of course any technology including the Cisco firewalls etc you should be able to take advantage of the snort rules and it's an open source so a lot of people have access to it um, this so if not you can actually go ahead and subscribe to the snort um, subscriber rule set which you can actually um, yeah get yourself up to date so that's really a, not a good one and unfortunately microsoft i just repeated what they've done with the vulnerability that related to the printing protocol not a long time ago so have a look at that and read about it. I would certainly put a link to the show notes so that you can actually uh, catch up with this. Air Attack Framework. Um, researchers from the antivirus company ESET have published a report um, examining. All known framework that have been utilized by attackers um, to um, have a go at air gap networks, and what they noted um, is that all the framework were designed for purpose of espionage and all used um, USB drive as the primary vector of transmission. Now, additionally, they said all known framework were designed to attack Windows operating system. Now, what is an air gap? In terminology, in terms of security, air gap. is is a environment in which you disconnect all other connected environment within your organization and you make that environment an island that environment normally has a sensitive um, data or tool set or machinery that you do not trust to be connected to the um, to the public domain or um, not to the public domain but to the yeah to the public public domain but also to your internal um, environment Uh, don't get confused with dmc the militarized um, zone which obviously have some leeway to access or read data somehow but when we say about air-gapped these are environments that are completely segregated cut off from any other environment and the only way you are able to access or operate those machinery inside that island air-gapped is for you to actually physically um, get into that environment Um, or if you want to move data you copy that data to a medium that you can copy from outside and then take it to the environment that you need to copy to the air gapped. and you can you can see the word air gap so there is absolutely no air um, going in or coming out so you basically really just joked that environment and you're not allowing any other way there are variation of air gap where you can have an air gapped environment but you can allow one way so nothing really Um, let's say, gets out, but you can take something in which is not very um, safe but what you're basically protecting is pr- maybe you're protecting intellectual property you do not want any data to leave that environment um, but you don't mind things to come in um, so you're taking the risk of an infection in that regard so you basically have one way in so it's an inbound allowance but you do not allow anything to come out in the case of you know data not leaving there is also the reversed um, which is basically a um, a proxy environment so you do not want any to come in, um, so therefore it's extremely sensitive to the outside world and therefore you really prevent an infection in that case or maybe someone to come in, but you can allow a, if I use um, the term that we used in the previous news update, DAC discretionary access control outbound so that you allow certain connection to certain environment where those systems can reach but there is nothing coming back um, those typically are used for maybe if you are really doing a, um, a research um, and you doing an investigation um, maybe you want update from a vendor of those systems so you go and get the update from, from the vendor or maybe you can, you can allow that vendor to come in but there is nothing that is going I out of that environment so it can't be proxied Um, and the third one is true term of the word air gap which is completely cut off where nothing is actually allowed so the use on on this back to the news and the use of this um, usb obviously now you understand why this framework um, all use usb so this is designed to absolutely um, get into an environment where there is no communication with the outside world so if you are relying on air gap to network for security you need to absolutely review the um, the white paper to understand um, what process can be leveraged to cross that gap um, basically the air gap and how to secure them the first thing you probably would look at is how you are transferring information in and out of those systems and therefore making sure only trusted file and media uh, mediums are allowed that you that you are also doing very aggressive scan before you actually allow that. There is a reason why that environment is segregated, so therefore you absolutely need to decide which type of air-gapped environment you wanted to do because a lot of people have really just taken the word air-gapped um, for a spin and therefore create some sort of a confusion so really in security term when we hear the air, air gap for us it's basically completely cut off the only way you can move things is by medium, uh, CD, USB some other way or maybe you know copy something on a machine and then connect that machine to that environment of course by ticking all the boxes that you need that, that um, device to pass in order for it not to um, infect those environments. Systems that are not um, connected to the public network for security reasons are probably... Um, sufficiently of course sensitive that they must be protected um, physically as well so there's another aspect so if you really egg out that environment why would you allow the door to be open physically for certain you know people within the organization to have access to as well um, so I'll, I'll, I'll make a link to the um, to this research and it's something that is definitely always comes up especially nowadays that we are going through a myriad of different type of attack all criminal to extortions of money and therefore if this happens to a you know such as a really sensitive environment that you have air gapped that means you really drop the ball in a big fashion so um, have a look at that Um, but most importantly you know take the one two three steps you know one Decide what kind of um, segregation for this environment it deserves to make sure that you absolutely have the ability to scrutinize how you're going to access. And when you're accessing, make sure the devices that you access in those environments are well and aggressively scanned. And number three is, you know, this also device um, um the devices that are inside the segregated environment do deserve um, to be physically um, controlled so therefore the physical separation has to work as you know just as succinctly and as aggressively as you do on the um, wired um, segregation and air gapped so good environment to um, to look after um, means you have to take all the precautions that it deserves The holiday seasons can be hectic time of the year, um, buying gifts online and making travel arrangements and wanting to give back to organisations that you um, hold dear to. It's also a busy time for cyber criminals who are trying to take advantage of us um, while we go about our lives. But you can fight back against thieves um, and better protect your personal data. At this time of the year, consumers plan to use their smartphones or tablets to research or make purchases um, in the holiday season. And that is given. You need to follow um, simple cybersecurity tips and practices before and while you are shopping. So we'll go through those. Mostly common sense, but I will highlight a few. Keep a clean machine. And before picking up That perfect gift, for example, Um, you need to make sure that all internet-connected devices, um, including your smartphones, um, tablets, are free from infections that might be lurking below the servers waiting to capture your um, credentials or credit card information. And keep those that are most current versions on your list to shop through. Always, of course, make sure that you decide and use popular browsers and apps that are recommended when it comes to wi-fi um using free public wi-fi maybe you are in a rush at the airport or at the railway station and you run out of data I and mean, you know just hold back um avoid the temptation to connect to that free wi-fi um to shop online while at your favorite coffee shop um, it's tremendously dangerous um it is not cyber-safe, essentially. Don't make purchases especially while connected to public Wi-Fi at any time, period. Instead, use a virtual private network or your phone as a hotspot. Purchase some data. It, it will pay dividend. Um, lock down your logins and create long and unique um, passphrase for all accounts and use multi-factor authentication wherever possible. Um Multi-factor authentication will allow you to fortify your online accounts by adding that extra layer of authentication beyond the username and password. And it enables the strongest authentication that we have today, um, such as in combination of biometric or unique one-time code uh, which is sent to your phone or mobile device, although the latter is not recommended. If you are extremely sensitive um, individual who might be targeted specifically, maybe of your um, work or the research you do, um, try to buy a hardware two-factor authentication beyond the software-based authentication. And always, as I said, resist this, the urge, be wary of, of offers, um, too good to be through, um, no matter how tempting they might be, um, buy online from trusted and established online retailers and, and avoid websites of, or organizations that you never heard of, especially that Now we have some supply chain um, restrictions and delays and and lack of. So try to avoid going around and try to secure your gift no matter what. Um, You need to be diligent um, when you are buying um, stuff online. And think before you click as well and pay attention to email you receive. Um, don't open email as always, not just in holiday seasons, um, but any time from unknown Sanders or click on links, um, suspicious uh, messages. Um, the three golden rules when it comes to reading really, um, emails and downloading software, etc. is number one. Um, don't click an offer that allows you to download something. Um, don't accept something that has been offered to you online that you did not go out to look for and don't update the software if they offered you to update if the software um, that you are using um, seems to be up to date. And shop securely. Um, Not only should you make sure your internet connection is secure, as I stated earlier, check to make sure you are shopping on on sites that are um, secured. Um, how do you spot that? Well, most of um, all of our sites nowadays use HTTPS, um, but a lot of websites do have HTTP only enabled um, for informational um, purposes, etc. But those are not requiring your credit cards or sensitive informations or account creation. Um, you should only use those websites if you know these are legitimate websites and I wouldn't wouldn't understand why they haven't really put HTTPS on um, by default um, although most of the browsers nowadays will flag that website is not secure so you shouldn't really be going to any HTTP website anyway um, and only last week I received um, a phishing um, text message um, which uh, asked me to go to HTTP site um, Um, which blatantly was obvious and was blocked um, on the perimeter. And also pay wisely. When you are using your credit card or prepaid debit card instead of a um, credit card, do not um, default to credit card because it has more protections from your bank than a debit card will be. Um, You might get your cash back if you have been um, defrauded of money but if you have a debit card and that's where most of your income goes in or a lot of fund is sitting um, if it's really emptied um, you have no recourse Um, you're going to be on your own so default to credit card or use a reliable established third-party payment service such as google pay apple pay or, or paypal and more, most importantly, monitor, of course, um, your account. And this goes without saying, at any time, check your online financial account regularly for suspicious um, spending. And also take advantage of text and email alerting services that my, many banks um, and credit card companies um, offer nowadays. And that is really just um, to help you to make sure that you are um, on top of things. So as I said, the holiday shopping season is is here and millions and millions of people will be looking for the best deals the internet has to offer. And of course, no doubt, cyber, uh, cyber criminals will be hard at work looking for targets to make money out of. And the holiday shopping season is a prime, of course, opportunity for bad actors to take advantage of those people who might not be um, paying too much attention by luring them to fake websites, malicious links, or even fake charity organizations uh, at this time of the of the year. Um, and ultimately, remember, their goal is simple. Get all of your personal and financial information to compromise your data. Um, insert malicious software. Steal your identity and take money out of your account. So attackers will resort to all tactics to trick you um, as a user to downloading malware, um, making sure that you hand your data that I've mentioned above to them and compromise your machine. So no topic is, is off limit. And threat actors, of course, have resorted to using everything to do with PlayStation 5 sales um, around this time of the year on 2021 to COVID cures, as we've actually been tracking some of them as part of their lure over the, over the years. And these spam attacks will only ramp up over the next um, few weeks as we actually go to the, um, to the holiday season and across to next year. For example, Adobe Insight' um, recent holiday shopping forecast predicts that spending for e-commerce will top 200 billion during the holiday season for the first time ever. And the report also specifically warned that there will be supply chain shortage this year um, due to the pandemic, which is likely to force online shoppers into long virtual queues um, or push them to shop even earlier than usual. While consumers always need to be diligent during the holiday season, um, specifically, I think, post-pandemic and during the pandemic supply chain is, is an issue um, caused by the COVID-19. So scammers are studying wisely to see what is actually popular, maybe video games, consoles, or, you know, typical electronic um, gadgets that are quite popular for families and, and teenagers and um, et cetera and the millennium. And this is what they're taking advantage of. I would say look out for these three common ways that attackers take advantage of online shoppers, um, which is creating fraudulent sites and email messages, intercepting insecure um, transactions, and also targeting vulnerable computers. And I think if you pay attention to, to those three, you certainly will minimize the effect of any attack, let alone it materializing. And with that, I will end the episode and I thank you for joining me again and happy shopping and stay safe out there. Take care.